Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to be traveling along a very familiar story. At the very beginning of the launch of this podcast, I covered a story on the territorial roads. In fact, it's one of my uh, most listened to episodes out there. But it was a very short episode. It covered a basic summary of the territorial roads through Battle Creek. Today, I'm going to be exploring an article that was written by historian Charles E. Barnes. And it covers the subject in greater detail, including a lot of details and facts of the territorial road all the way from Jackson across the lower part of southwest Michigan over to Kalamazoo and into St. Joseph. So come along and join me. It's a fascinating look back at the early history of the pioneer travelers in Southwest Michigan. So Charles E. Barnes wrote this article in 1908. It was published on April 26 in the Sunday Journal Record in 1908. And the title of the article is The Old Territorial Roads Through Battle Creek. And it also addresses some of the early stage drivers, as well as how the early settlers traveled by ox carts and stagecoaches preceding the railroads. So the first necessity in opening and settling a new country was wagon roads, the pioneer highways or main-traveled roads generally followed the Indian trails. Now, these trails would go across country, through the woods. It would detour around boggy places and seek higher ground and drier ground whenever possible. The great trails followed the rivers, and they were so frequently traveled that they were worn in the ground, often to the depths of two feet, by the feet of thousands of Indians who had trod them for a hundred years. There was no underbrush in the forest of southwest Michigan during that time because the underbrush in the woods had been burned every fall by the Indians. There were long vistas through the woods, and the scenes were always beautiful. So when you traveled through these woods, you could see a great distance through the trees for the lack of underbrush in the way. And even teams of oxen could be driven through the woods in many directions without obstruction. Streams were forded until the country became sufficiently settled to have bridges. Before the permanent bridges were built, temporary ones were constructed of poles and logs. In many places, corduroys were built. Corduroys were the corduroy roads, and they were constructed with logs being placed side by side typically across marshy areas. And the logs were laid close together, but no dirt was placed between them. And he says in this article, persons who have ever bumped over these ridges in a wagon will never forget the painful experiences. In many places where the ground was wet and mucky, the wagons became mired. These were the times that tried men's souls. The emigrants were then obliged to hitch their oxen together, frequently from two to five yoke in order to haul the wagon through to solid ground. In this way, each immigrant assisted the other through the mud morasses. Traveling on the old roads brought a spirit of friendliness and developed a cooperation of mutual self-help. Oxen did most of the hauling. The immigrant wagons 
and merchandise outfits were hauled by oxen, the great motive power of pioneer days, and without which travel and transportation and the logging in connection with the cutting down of trees and the clearing of the land would have been impossible. The strong and patient ox deserves a monument for the part he took in developing and bringing civilization to the Great West. The first roads were called territorial roads because they were authorized and built by the Michigan territorial government. The most famous highway was the Chicago Military Road from Detroit to Chicago. A Battle Creek man had the contract for building a part of this road. That was General Ezra Convis. You may recall that name. I've covered him in a few of my podcast episodes. He was also the founder of the village of Verona. General Convis, with General Isaac E. Crary, had the contract for working the Detroit and Chicago Road from the 136-mile stake from Detroit to the Indiana Line, building bridges, cutting out the trees, grubbing the center, 35 feet, and the corduroy marshes, etc. First Calhoun County Road in 1829. The first road surveyed through Calhoun County was ordered by the Legislative Council of the Territory of Michigan, November 4, 1829, which began in the Chicago Road at or near the Inn of Timothy S. Sheldon in the township of Plymouth in the county of Wayne, thence west on the most direct and eligible route through the village of Ann Arbor, by Samuel Clements to the Grand River, where the St. Joseph Trail crosses the same land, also through Coguac, which later became Goguac, and Grand Prairies, thence westerly on the most eligible route to or near Pawpaw to the mouth of the St. Joseph River to Lake Michigan. And that was the written instructions by the Legislative Council. The commissioners to survey and establish the route were Seely Neal of Panama, now known as Marengo Township of Calhoun County, and Orrin White of Ann Arbor of Washtenaw County, and Jaleel Enos of the Grand Prairie of Kalamazoo. In March of 1831, the Legislative Council approved the survey and established the road. Sheldon's Tavern, referred to, was located just west of the Wayne Village between the village and Ypsilanti. The place where the St. Joseph Trail crosses the Grand River is Jackson, then called Jacksonburg. Cogagawak Prairie, which on a farmer's map of Michigan for the 1831 is spelled C-O-G-U-A-G-I-A-C-K, and located on the east side of Kalamazoo County is the Gogwak Prairie in Battle Creek. The Grand Prairie, according to the Bois Gazetteer of Michigan for 1838, is located on the eastern border of Brady Township, Kalamazoo County, three miles west of the, of the village of Kalamazoo. On the map of that line is located an Indian village on the prairie. The mouth of the St. Joseph River is St. Joseph City. C.M. Burton of Detroit, president of the State Historical Society, is the authority for the above information. Now remember, this article was written in 1908. 
Now, in Jackson, the main street was the road. A personal letter from E.W. Barber, uh, editor of the Jackson Patriot at the time, who was well informed on the pioneer matters of that area, wrote as follows. The old territorial road crossed Grand River on what is now the main street of Jackson. And the water of the river runs through a cement-arched subway, which is the present bridge over which the traffic and travel of the street are carried. The road came into the city from the northeast, ran about a half a mile due west on the town line, and then angled to the northwest along what is now Wildwood Avenue. I think that it was laid out about one half mile north of Albion, but became the main east and west street in Marshall. While the Chicago road started from Detroit, its course was west of south from Plymouth, and it was the great stage line through the southern tier of counties. In 1839, leaving Detroit on the morning of October 2nd with my father, mother, and three brothers, one of whom is John C. Barber of Battle Creek. An ox team and lumber wagon, I traveled along the territorial road from Detroit to Marshall and from there turned north into the woods for Vermontville, our destination, arriving there about 9 o'clock on a very dark night after eight full days on the road. And that was the personal letter from E.W. Barber, who was the editor of the Jackson Patriot back then. And the article includes some great memories of the old road. Around the old territorial road clustered thousands of memories on the part of the pioneers who wearily but hopefully transversed the road in search of a homestead, wealth, and happiness. In some years, there were actually hundreds of covered wagons traveling over the roadway, at times forming a procession. One pioneer leaves a record in which he states that from 1832 to 1837, the road was lined with wagons and there was a flood of immigrants, there being a tidal wave in 1836. The immigrants camped by the roadside stopped at the taverns and the homes of homesteaders living by the way and adopted outdoor methods of living until their destination was reached. The second road was established July 30, 1830, beginning at the intersection of the north line of the Salt Springs Reservation in the county of Washtenaw with the Chicago Road. Thence, westerly, via North Bend of the Raisin, through Nottawasepi Prairie to Young's Prairie, Cass County, Orange Risbon, Alfred Davis, and B. Holmes were the commissioners. Afterwards, a road was established from Jacksonburg, now known as Jackson, via Spring Arbor, Homer, Tecancha, Burlington, through the Nottawasepi Prairie. The Nottawasepi Prairie, just by the way, is the area of Athens and Leonidas area. So anyways, they passed through the Nottawasepi Prairie via Centerville all the way to White Pigeon, which transversed the same route as nearly so through Calhoun County in 1833. From information personally received from T.Z. Everland, editor of the Menden Leader, it is learned that the Nottawasepi Prairie is Nottawasepi Prairie, commencing about half a mile south of Menden, St. Joseph County, and comprising about four square miles of land. It is irregular shaped, might be called notchy, 
Seppi is the Indian name for creek. More roads in 1832. June 18, 1832, roads from Battle Creek to the mouth of the Kalamazoo River and from the Blissfield. The commissioners for the first were Isaac Barnes, William Duncan, and Caleb Eldred. The commissioners on the second survey were Isaac Swain, Sidney Ketchum, and Isaac E. Crary. A road was laid out from Marshall to the Grand Rapids area, beginning at the junction of the La Plaise Bray at the mouth of the River Raisin and Chicago Roads, thence through Marshall to the rapids of the Grand River, now Grand Rapids, in 1833. The commissioners at that time were Louis Campau, John Brown, and Osea Wilder. Roads from Marshall to Coldwater and from the county seat of Hillsdale County to Marshall were established in 1833. Also one from Ypsilanti to the north end of the St. Joseph River in Calhoun County near Homer and from Marshall to Climax Prairie were laid out and established by the territorial government in 1834. After the organization of the townships, these rural corporations began to lay out and build roadways as the country began to be settled and there came a demand for more roads. The first record of a township road for Battle Creek was set by the Board of Milton, June 5, 1834. The survey was beginning at a stake standing at the center of the road running westerly to the bridge across Battle Creek near its conjunction with the Kalamazoo River on Section 7 in Town 2 south of Range 7 and two rods east of Section Range Lines thence running south parallel with said section 7 towards south range 7 west, two rods from said line, 50 chains and 50 links to the center of the territorial road, running westerly through Gogwak Prairie. Ezra Convis was the surveyor, and Ashabel Lowell and Isaac Thomas, commissioners of highways. Locating the description. City engineer E.U. Hunt then shown the above description, figured the location out as follows. So they took this original description that was written way back then in 1833 at a later date and described where it was in present-day Battle Creek. And so the stake spoken of was probably somewhere in the center of Main Street near Monument Square at South Avenue in the section range referred to as the street was subsequently the township line between the townships of Emmett and Battle Creek at that time, and there was not a village corporation, and the entire settlement was included in Milton Township. The line running south along the range of 50 change and 50 links would bring the termination exactly on Virginia Avenue near the old Fonda homestead, which was the original route of the old territorial road. This made the inlet through the territory road into Battle Creek. And if you want to see a little sketch of this layout of the roads, there is one in the book Tales of Battle Creek by Bernice Bryant Lowe. She took time to sketch it out of where these actual roads were in relationship to the city in present day. And I've described part of this before in an earlier episode. The territorial road from Marshall followed the present day roadway, which is Michigan Avenue, 
until it reached the Gulf, which is hard to describe on a podcast, but it is an area where a small river crosses uh, Michigan Avenue as you're coming into Battle Creek. And from there, it took the route of the Michigan Central Railroad until it looped around, and then you came across past the Kellogg factory and the Post factory, and then you cut down an angle and eventually arrive where it crosses through the northern part of Oak Hill Cemetery, and then almost drawing a straight line through the neighborhoods back there until you come to the river. It crossed the Kalamazoo River there and continued on to what is present-day Territorial Road. And so if you want to look at a map at some point, that's kind of what it is. I also put a video together laying out and tracking the Territorial Road. So I'll put the link to that in the description so you can follow along in that section as it goes through Battle Creek. So what's new in this part is that there was a bridge over the Kalamazoo River, and he says it was a very unique affair, and it served as the planking through rough logs hewn laid side by side. And he said the timbers with which the bridge was made over the Kalamazoo was constructed were visible up to just about a few years before 1908. And this was the first bridge built in the section. So I would imagine if you did some excavating in the Kalamazoo River in that section, you'd probably come across some old logs down there in the river because that was where they built the bridge across the river in that location. Uh, I had always assumed that they had forded the river because in present day, that section of the river is kind of flooded because of the, uh, the mill pond, and, it, and the river is widened at that point. But there must have been, apparently, according to this article, there was a wooden bridge at that time uh, when the territorial road ran there. And so the old road ran westward across the Gogwak Prairie, past Hart's Lake, which is out towards the Fort Custer Recreation Area now, all the way to Galesburg. And this route was the old stage line. So the only person who has ever left an authentic record of the old territorial road from the Gulf to the Prairie was ADP Van Buren, who came to Battle Creek Township with his father's family in October of 1836. And he writes... We stayed one night at Lowell's between Marshall and Battle Creek. The day following, we passed by Polydor Hudson's Tavern at the Gulf. That was the place where Polydor Hudson had set up his stagecoach stop at that time. And he later was a postmaster, the first postmaster of Battle Creek. But more into that in a minute. Um, And he says he continued just east past Battle Creek. And there we took the old territorial road by way of... Joe Farnsworth, William Townsend's, and Warren B. Shepherds, and up the John Conway Hill to the Gogwak Prairie. The first house west of Conway's was Mott's, and the old road formerly went this side of the prairie. So I think if we were to find some maps in the 1850s, we'd probably see the plats of land of William Tolland, Warren B. Shepherd, and John Conway, and be able to plot out where the road was. Moving on, the main street was cut in 1835. In 1834, travel began to leave the Territorial Road one mile east of the city and come down the present Marshall Street as far as the present Monument Square, although no roadway had been laid out. Marshall Street was uh, one of the original names for Main Street in Battle Creek. The present Main Street of Battle Creek was not cut out of the woods until 1835, 
up to that date, all travel were either coming from the Territorial Road or down Marshall Street when arriving at the present Monument Square followed this route. So the main street eventually became renamed as Michigan Avenue. And so if you're in Battle Creek and you're wondering where Main Street is, there's no Main Street on the map. It's actually Michigan Avenue. And that was the old, uh, the original road that was cut as the downtown area in 1835. So if you want to know how old that road is, there it is. Then he says, down that ravine, there existed Main Street on the present site of the First Baptist Church to the bank of the Battle Creek, thence along the creek to the near of the junction of the creek and river where a pole bridge had been constructed. And the second bridge on that site of the embryo village thence across the creek to barney's log tavern and on through to the gull prairie now richland so when you went to barney's tavern then you continued on north through up north bedford road and it went all the way to richland and that was the route for eventual stagecoach routes all the way up that way now here's an interesting description the point of land between the kalamazoo river and the battle creek where the present business district of the city is now located, was an old oak opening, heavily timbered. The high grounds on the north side of the Battle Creek were more sparsely covered with oak. The land south of the Kalamazoo River, now known as the Flooded District, was a thickly wooded swamp. It was not until several years afterwards that the South Jefferson Avenue was opened, across which was built a corduroy road. This was always a miserable thoroughfare. So Jefferson Avenue South was McCamley Street, and that was always a miserable road going that direction, crossing the Kalamazoo River in those days because it was all swampland. And there's a whole story about that section of town as it became known as the Bottoms, and it eventually was a very big flooding problem. Every time the river flooded every 20 or 30 years in Battle Creek, that area of town got flooded, and that was the nature of that section of the Kalamazoo River. And apparently in this description in 1908, that land there was all swampland. So they built all the housing at that time that's in that area on old swampland. And that was where the bottoms were located. Some more interesting details in the area. The first bridge at Verona was built in 1838, and it was destroyed by a flood in 1857. In an address before the Berry County Pioneer Society by H.H. H. Potter of Hastings, in speaking of pioneer highways, he said, Some of these roads were opened by the state, others were constructed and ran along the line of least resistance, avoiding hills, hollows, and lakes, with sharp grades in which were stumps, roots, and ruts. Each of them had plenty of uncovered corduroy. Along these roads, the settler walked swinging his ironwood ox gad or carrying it on his shoulders. The ox gad was the stick that they used to uh, keep the oxen moving. The Rumbling and creaking of the old linchpin wagons could be heard for miles, and the housewife listened at the door for this familiar sound when her husband was away, knowing full well 
that she had plenty of time to prepare his evening meal between the time when she could accurately distinguish the particular talking of her spouse's wagon and the time when the yoke was lifted from the stolid oxen in the yard. So that's an interesting anecdote. The established mail routes, the following the construction of the roadways and bridges, the streams were forded before bridges were built, postmasters were appointed, mail routes were established, and contracts let for carrying the mail. The mail was at first carried on horseback, and then by wagon, and later by stage. And these lines of all these vehicles were established. The date regarding mail routes and carriers has been difficult to obtain except from the files of the county papers. One of the first post offices established was at Andover at the residence of Jeremiah Gardner between Battle Creek and Marshall on Section 14 in the township of Milton, Emmett. It is claimed that the office was established in 1831. If this is so, it was the first post office in the county. The date is in doubt, however. In 1832, under President Jackson's administration, an office was established at Marshall and George Ketchum, postmaster, and at Battle Creek with Polydore Hudson, postmaster. At that time, the postage on letters was 25 cents, payable by the one receiving it. The postmaster, it is said, never delivered the mail unless he had first been handed the money, and there were no envelopes in those days. The sheet of paper was written on one side and then folded in and sealed with red wax, the address being written on the outside. The mail between Marshall and Battle Creek was first carried on horseback once a week, and then three times a week, later by wagon, and then by stages, stagecoaches. The first mail route in the county was established in the fall of 1832 between Jackson and Marshall, thence to Centerville. Samuel Camp of Marshall was the contractor. The first mail contract, Nathaniel Barney of Battle Creek, received the contract for carrying the mail from Marshall to Battle Creek to Gull Corners, which is now Richland, to White Pigeon. His son Milton was the carrier and carried the first mail of wagon and drove the first stage to Battle Creek. As the country became settled, other routes were established. Subsequently, mail was sent from Battle Creek to Bedford, Athens, West Leroy, Bellevue, Charlotte, Assyria, and other points. In 1840, a road was cut through the woods from Hastings to Johnstown to connect there with the road to Bedford and Battle Creek. Bedford was one of the first burgs to receive a daily mail out of Battle Creek. From files of the journal in 1854, the route of the mails out of Battle Creek is given as follows. From Battle Creek to Grand Rapids via Richland and Yankee Springs, to Grand Rapids via Hastings, to Lansing via Bellevue and Charlotte, to LaGrange, Indiana via West Leroy and Climax, and one route to Coldwater. The post office was established in Athens Township in 1836, with Lot Whitcomb as postmaster, which was moved to Athens Village a little bit later. In 1838, offices were located at Verona and Albion, and in 1839, an office was established at the farmhouse of Erastus R. Waddles, one mile north of Bedford Center. 
E.R. Waddles was the father of V.C. Waddles of this city in Battle Creek. A man by the name of Salter carried the mail on horseback. Subsequently, the office was removed to Bedford Center and John Reynolds appointed postmaster. An office was established at Ceresco in 1844. Wilson B. Hale was the postmaster. And in Pine Creek in 1851, and in West Leroy in 1854, T.S. Cole was the postmaster in West Leroy. One of the earliest of post offices was located at Cary in Milton Township, now Emmett. Sidney Smith was postmaster. No one today knows where Cary was located. That's interesting. That's another little mystery village to go look for and try to find where it once existed. And in 1908, they didn't seem to know where it once existed at. The first stage line was established by Samuel Camp of Marshall between the city of Jackson and E.A. Trumbull operated a line between Marshall and Centerville. Zenas Tillinson succeeded Camp in 1835 and fine stages with four and six horses between Jackson and Niles. So the stagecoaches ran all the way from Jackson, Michigan, all the way to Niles, Michigan. It's quite a long route, and it would have gone through Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, and all of the towns in between. After Tillotson, a more extensive line was operated between Detroit and Chicago, the eastern end being shortened as the new railroad under construction advanced westward. So that's an interesting point there, that after, as the railroad began to be built from Detroit heading west, the stagecoach line became shorter and shorter as its farthest eastern starting point kept moving to the west. Nathaniel Barney ran the first line from Marshall to Battle Creek, and in 1840, the line between Marshall and Battle Creek was run by Davis, Humphrey, and Company. John Hogan ran the line from Marshall to Centerville. These were all stagecoach lines. And so Nathaniel Barney not only had the mail route line, but he also had the stagecoach line for Barney's Tavern right outside Battle Creek. Colonel John Stewart of Battle Creek established the stage line in 1842 from the city to Bedford and Grand Rapids. William G. Patterson of Kalamazoo and John K. Ward of Battle Creek subsequently bought out the line. In 1858, the line was being run by Charles Shepard of Battle Creek to Bedford, and it ran from Bedford to Johnstown to Bristolville to Hastings. And then in 1855, D. Pratt of Coldwater and C. Lewis and A. Bacon of Battle Creek started a line from Battle Creek to Coldwater, and later a line was run to Assyria Township and still later to Banfield and Lacey. There's still a very small um, cluster of buildings out there called Lacey, which is north of Battle Creek. And there's a road out there called Banfield Road. The old town of Banfield is no longer there. I think there may be some remains of an old buildings there, but I don't think anybody lives there anymore. So there were various stagecoach lines and there were various mail lines delivering mail during these years. Now the last mail delivery system on the old stagecoach line delivering the mail was delivered on June 30th, 1905. That was the day it was discontinued. And the last driver of it was Mrs. Richard Finsey. And she left the old post office in Battle Creek 
and delivered the final delivery of mail on stagecoach to Assyria. And that was the last route delivered in the mail was no longer carried that way. After that, it was delivered entirely by the railroad or it was delivered by the interurban lines. And he describes that here. On the day that uh, they bid farewell to the old country mail pouch and the old time stage and welcome was given to the free delivery and electric interurban lines. Mr. Finzi had the contract for carrying the mail and drove one day and his wife would drive the next day. And it happened to fall on the last day for the route to be delivered was the delivery day for his wife to deliver it. So she became the last stagecoach driver out of Battle Creek carrying the mail up to Assyria Township. And that concludes the fascinating history written by Charles Barnes on the whole history of the territorial roads, how they were built, some of the little details, some of the people that were involved, as well as the mail delivery lines that followed these routes as the roads became more developed and established. He mentions the corduroy roads. He doesn't mention too much at this point about the establishment of the plank roads, but those were a big factor that followed a lot of the corduroy roads and became more of an established route on a lot of these places, especially between Battle Creek and Hastings. And then there was another road between Marshall and Bellevue that had been built. And so these old wooden roads uh, became stagecoach routes. And it's just a very fascinating history in southwest Michigan. And that the old territorial road went all the way from Detroit all the way to the St. Joseph uh, area is quite an amazing accomplishment for the pioneers and must have been one heck of a bumpy journey. He said one of the, the the people contributing to this article in the letter said it took them eight days from Detroit on wagon to get to Vermontville following the territorial road into Calhoun County and then heading north into Vermontville. And um, that's quite a journey. I mean, that's a full week. Uh, something that we take um, driving down I-94 might take us an two hours to do the, the drive from Detroit all the way to Vermontville. Um, just an interesting to look back at that kind of travel period and, and um, the taking a trip out west was quite a journey in those days. And they had to navigate the bumpy roads and the marshes and anything that uh, presented itself as an obstacle along the way. They had to deal with animals pulling the wagons and it must have been one challenging journey for families coming west and just a very interesting period in time but that was how southwest michigan was settled and it was settled following the territorial roads and the farther west that the roads were developed the faster the settlements came to those counties so that's going to conclude today's journey through history i hope you enjoyed this article i found it very fascinating and i always Love to read new articles about the territorial roads when I can find them because they always seem to add new details to that whole period of time for me. And um, they add a lot of names that I become more and more familiar with as I read this material. And uh, some of these uh, wonderful people from that period of time that were the tavern keepers and the postmasters and the stagecoach drivers, as well as the early pioneer settlers that built the downtown area. They're all very fascinating, industrious people. 
And it's always interesting to look back and hear more and more pieces of their story. If you like today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on whatever app that you are listening on and any rating that that app allows you to do. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. There is a contact form on that website. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening.